The world of marketing is ever-changing and can be confusing, frustrating, and outright exhausting. Welcome to Unbottled, the marketing podcast where experts share their experiences, stories, and best practices on online and internet marketing. Featuring Steve Wiedemann, former marketer for Disney, Skechers, and other well-known brands. Break through the hype with real marketing tips from industry leaders. This is Unbottleneck. Hey everyone, this is Steve Wiedemann with the Unbottleneck podcast, where we solve common digital marketing problems. And today with us is Ashley Chanel, a B2B and B2C marketing genius here marketing genie actually on the bio from when i saw that. i kind of hear about this one uh, to make all of your marketing dreams come true sought after for creating successful end-to-end marketing campaigns and digital media strategies um, ashley is the ceo of make your mark a digital marketing agency that transforms businesses into revenue generating and impact creating machines ashley thank you so much for being on the show talk to me about what a marketing genie is Thank you for having me. And a marketing genie is someone, you know, I have just realized that when it comes to marketing, though I'm a marketer, I do say that marketing is hard um, because there are a lot of things that go into it. There's not necessarily just one thing you can do to make your marketing work. So I have said that I'm the marketing genie because People need someone there for them to just tell them what to do and put it together. And then it just works. You know, sometimes, I mean, with marketing, there are some things that need to be tweaked and tested, but for the most part, um, for businesses to, you know, take that off their shoulders, I, I'm there for them. They're marketing genius. That's amazing. You know, we have to, we have to get together after this call and design some buttons to send out to all of my clients that basically say anti last click right? Because it sounds like what you do really encompasses making sure all of the different pieces of digital marketing are working together and seamless and the narrative's consistent. Uh, whereas, you know, when when some businesses get really myopic on just SEO, um, you know, they're, they're looking at last click in many cases, right. and not the journey that the buyer is taking before they finally do that branded search to become a customer. So I could see a lot of businesses really needing that. Give me the Give me the gamut of all these different things I need to do and help me to you know, to make sure that I'm consistent in my messaging across all these different mediums. Absolutely. Um, I say that I'm a holistic marketer because it's not uh-huh. just about, like you said, the last click. It's not just right. about getting the sale. It's about curating an experience for the customer um, so that they continue to come back so that they feel comfortable when they buy and also comfortable when they are referring you because referrals are great, but you, you still need to make sure that um, you're building, like the longevity of your business is important to you. Right. Yeah. And it's not just about getting the customer. It's about the, the brand loyalty and cross-selling and upselling mm-hmm. and so many other things that we do after the transaction. A lot of businesses seem to get caught up on just, just get me the traffic. And it's like, well, there's a lot more than that. When you look at the, you know, like you said, the holistic um, you know, perspective of things. So I put some questions together for you. Uh, nothing, nothing too crazy, I promise. But um, these are questions that um, you know we we took from looking at some of your history and what you what you've been pushing out on social media, and we thought this could be really helpful to some of our listeners who aren't really doing a lot of of paid social and you know being really active in in overall digital marketing. Um, mm-hmm. Our first one is kind of a popular question. And, um, you know, we, we do get asked this uh, quite a bit too. Um, and this is, do Facebook ads work? As you know, a lot of our search clients 
want to be there when someone's performing a search for what they offer. And Google Ads does a good job of that. But Facebook um, really isn't a search engine, right? It's more of a, a social media platform. Um, you know, but do, so, do Facebook ads work? And what are some of your kind of core reasons uh, to believe, especially for those uh, who may have only advertised in the world of Google ads or Bing ads? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Facebook ads work. Um, actually, I get a lot of people who come to me or who ask the question, or actually they really just come at me and say, Facebook ads don't work. And I heard I they were fake clicks or something. Yeah. yeah. You know, there are a lot of things that go on with Facebook ads, but fake clicks happen when you don't set up your um, campaign properly. Um, okay. But also, I also say it's not the ads, it's you. <laughs> um, and not sorry when I say that okay. because <laughs> with, the, with the right strategy, your Facebook ads will work. And for someone who's coming from just doing um, the Google AdWords and, and, you know, search intent, which is fantastic. Um, I think the thing about Facebook ads is that we are now in, in a realm and an era, if you will, that you need more than eight touch points to get someone to buy off of the internet when they're cold. And I know that, and when I say eight, I know some people might know the, the sales, um, the old sales, uh, saying that it takes eight touch points to get someone to buy from you, but that's active sales. That's like when you're getting somebody on their phone or they come to your door or something like that. Um, that's eight touch points, but now it's between 12 and 24 touch points online. So what Facebook ads are going to do is keep you on top of mind. You're, you're going to pop up in front of people um, where they, where they're just scrolling, where they are spending the, mo uh, the most amount of their time with the offer that makes the most sense to them. So that's why I think Facebook ads are so important um, or in, in addition to Google ads. Right. Yeah. I love, I love the idea that it's more about the audiences now, like a keyword doesn't define who your audience is. They might have, mm -hmm. you know, 20 different intentions based on the keyword <laughs> they searched. But if you know that this person is interested in this type of product or is in, in this industry, you can target to them based on affinity and target them based on, on what their interests are in Facebook. Whereas in, in Google, when you're doing keyword search anyway, you know, it's it's really just kind of guessing and hoping the person who typed this keyword has an intent to buy. I love and I love that know, idea. Ants, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, um, and you know that I think that when it comes to Facebook ads, sometimes people don't know what to type in. Sometimes people don't know what their problem is, right? So when you're on Google ads, you're talking to people who are problem aware. They might be solution aware. They might even be product aware, right? They may even know about you specifically, so they type that in. But people who are not problem aware or who, who are completely unaware or may not even know what the solution is called, I think that's also where Facebook ads come in because you can put your offer in front of someone who's like, oh, okay, that's exactly what I've been looking for. Or I wonder if that would work for me. So then they can click more. Right. I love it. So the, the short answer is yes, Facebook ads work. The long answer is you need to make sure that you have a, a solid strategy and that you're targeting correctly. Because like you said, it's if it's not working, it's you. It's not the, not the platform. I love it. Um, as we dive into social media advertising campaigns for platforms like Facebook, can you give us a sense of what kind of existing uh, organic presence on Facebook you'd like to see for businesses before they begin rolling out advertising efforts? And 
um, you know, and when ads begin, what's your ideal balance between creating free versus paid content to reach those audiences? Absolutely. I recommend every business have an organic marketing strategy. I think that is so important because, um, Number one, you know what they're interacting with. You actually know what their problems are when it comes to social media or organic because you're actually talking to them or you should be, right? When you create your organic marketing strategy and for social media, it has to um, make sense for your business. So that's why when people say, well, don't look at what everyone else is doing, make sure you're authentic to your business. That's when that comes in because right. I know exactly where my clients are in different levels, like when it comes to B2B or when I'm doing consulting work or when I'm doing B2C um, work, I make sure I know who my client is. And that's where the organic marketing strategy comes in. And that's why it's going to help you so much because you truly get to understand who your clients are when they DM you, you get to talk to them, you get to ask them questions. And then even like when you can, you know, in Instagram stories or in Facebook stories, you can do polls and see what content are people actually interacting with. And that's content you want to create more of. But if you just automatically go to to ads and you have an offer that you didn't try organically to see if anybody was even interested, um, then you're going to be spending money that you really just either don't have or don't want to spend. And then that's when you're going to come and say, Facebook ads don't work. <laughs> yeah, I know I've, I've actually clicked on a few uh, ads to go back to the person who was advertising to see mm -hmm. who they were and decided not to purchase because they didn't have any history, any posts or anything. It was just mm -hmm. a business went online, decided to start throwing up ads. But I'm like, I don't know who you are. And I'm, I'm not going to leave Facebook to figure it out. So I want to go back and see the kind of content. I want to see what other people are saying, you know, in, in the feed. So I think, I think that part of it's really important is to show that, Hey, we're, we're an active living, breathing brand. Check us out here on Facebook. And uh, as opposed to just, you know, clicking an ad and hopefully making a purchase. So Absolutely. I think that could make a difference for sure. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I think the, so, um, oh, go ahead. Oh, well, what I was going to say is I've realized that when it comes to why people hire me, it really has more to do with my personality. People just actually like me and they want to hire me as long uh, along with the things that I can do for them. But um, right. I think that's really important. And I, and my personality is in my social media. Um, I'm, you know, silly, but I also do know what I'm doing. So I think that uh, puts people at ease. And I also am very great at explaining things and helping people understand. So I think whenever you do that and you're able to incorporate your personality or your business's personality in your organic strategy, um, I think that's going to be really, really helpful. And that was a really great point. Yeah, so much, so much authenticity there too. I think when, when somebody sees up or puts a face to a name, right? As opposed to just here's products, here's service, here's our picture of our company building. Like, okay, but who are you as a company? Who are you as a brand? You know, I think, right. you're, I think you're right. Hey, so, so our listeners, our listeners are clear. Can you explain the difference uh, between Facebook ads and boosted posts? I, I, I've done this a few times and I, I get it, but you could probably explain it so much better than me. Um, when, if ever, is it a good time for companies to consider boosted posts versus creating a campaign in Facebook ads manager? Yes, I I, I get this question a lot also. <laughs> um, I, I did a post I on it. I get yelled at, by the way, for boosting posts. 
Brian, yeah. Brian, who's probably listening to this later, is gonna, you know, be <laughs> nodding right now because whenever I think we have a really good post, I'm like, oh, I gotta boost this. And then right. he's like, why did you boost that? And I'm like, because I thought we want to get more visibility to it. He's like, that yeah. wasn't very strategic. That was impulsive. I'm like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And people think when they boost post, they're running ads and it's not. So the difference is, I would say when you want, to, when you're boosting posts, you're really just doing that to get engagement. Even though there is an option to send someone to your website or something like that, it's really not the same. And you do not get the same features as far as targeting as you would when you're actually going to run an ad. When you're running ads, you have to go into Facebook Ads Manager. You don't just, like when you're promoting posts or boosting posts, um, you don't just do that from um, from the actual post. So just to be clear, boosting posts is for engagement. Um, And Facebook ads are going to actually give you the opportunity to get in front of your audience at the desired time that you want to get in front of them. Meaning, if you're looking just for brand awareness, like the awareness stage, you can focus on sending your ads to a greater number of people for a low of like for a lower cost. You can also get in front of people for consi- the consideration stage of the buyer journey where people are like, hmm, I don't know who I want to go with or what I want to do. And you can get people for traffic and engagement and things like that to get people um, or even video views, video views. And those are very low cost. And I definitely recommend those for people. But your ads have... Um, intent for the business. So if you want someone to convert, you're going to use a conversion ad. You're not going to use traffic because what Facebook is going to do is put your ads in front of people who are more likely to convert or more likely to just click on your ad. And if you're looking for conversion, but you pick something that's going to pick an, um, an ad objective, that's going to get people to just click, you're wasting your money. And most people don't know that. So that there is the difference. One of them makes you money and one of them just gets you engagement. So Facebook ads make you money. So thinking about engagement, what's, what's the most appropriate time to do a boosted post then, in your opinion? What are some good examples of boosted posts that perform really well? Honestly, I don't... Do surveys or something? I think that... Would you rather... Post... <laughs> <laughs> I right? think boosted posts... Would you rather post, right? That's a boosted post. I mean, yeah, that is that is one. Honestly, I think boosted posts are great if you already have a large following on your Facebook page. That way you can reach more of the people who are already liking your page. I think that's a great time to boost a post. I also think to promote a post on Instagram, if you just want more likes, honestly, if you want more likes and potentially more followers on Instagram, if the post was great, but don't, I would not okay. just boost posts for just to be boosting them because you think it's running ads. There are better and more strategic ways, like Brian said. <laughs> yep. Set up your Facebook campaigns. I love it. Um, can you introduce our listeners to Facebook stories and especially uh, Facebook story ads and how they work. Is this something you are currently implementing for businesses or do you think um, it will become more of a significant thing for businesses? I think, okay, so Facebook stories um, are 
similar to Instagram stories, but if you don't know what either are, <laughs> Facebook stories are a way for, I like them a lot. I think they're great for organic marketing because you can do so many things with Facebook stories. You are able to show people the behind the scenes of kind of like what you're doing, show more personality in your company or in um, just about you. Like, what are you doing day to day? What projects are you working on? Like I've used Facebook stories to show people um, what I'm doing in someone's ad, ad account um, and showing them the difference between, you know, like click through rate or, um, you know, conversion rate and what kind of decisions I'm going to make based off of that. Um, and then I've Short also- bites of information, right? Exactly. Right. And I've also shown people like my like morning routine, but in hyperlapse. Right. So I think it's really I think they're great. And as far as the stories, I think it's great to show up in the stories. Um, but I think the content when you're doing stories content, I also do like to create ads for the placement. Mm-hmm. So when you're doing stories um ads i think it's important to be more native which means more real i guess if you want to say um to get people to you know like feel like they're getting to know you a little bit more and more authentic that authentic word comes back into play here absolutely (laughs) sure i love it that's really so yeah it's it's interesting because i know instagram it's like its own world right They've, they've got all these new instagram reels and i think the first one i did was just um a a really sped up view of of the sunrise in Cancun. Mm-hmm. But hey, this is cool. I can actually show people in this little reel a neat little story of you know what the morning's like in Cancun. Um, yeah. um, you know, just as a my personal profile. But I kept thinking from a business standpoint, how could I use reels and how could I use you know some of these stories to um, to share a bit of you know who we are as a company and where we're going and what we're doing without it being sort of self-promotional, because my understanding is a lot of what we're trying to share on social is about what we could do for other people and and about other people, not about us. Right. Right. And, you know, you don't have to dance on reels. You don't have to get really crazy. Like on my reels, what I was doing was honestly, I gave um, on one of them, I gave tips on um, what I think lead magnets were best for coaches that was okay. one of the ones I just did five and I did them quickly and I didn't really go into depth. I just explained a little bit more in my caption, but that's when I sent people to a call to action. I said, Hey, DM me if you have any questions or um, um, if you need help, you know, with your lead magnet or something like that. So I sure. think no, real so for those people listening, you want to see, you want to check that out. What's, what's the handle that they should use so they could follow you. Oh <laughs> yes. You can follow me on Instagram at, at Ashley Chanel, so A S H L E I G H Chanel, C H A N E L, all one word. Sweet, I, I, I definitely think people are going to want to check that out because it, they always need something to base, you know, when they're when they're looking at, hey, what should I be doing? And mm. they want to look at an example. They want to see what people are doing. And um, I know this is a little bit off topic, but when I look at platforms like TikTok, and I'm like, my teenagers doing all the TikTok stuff with her friends. Yeah, mm-hmm. Will Smith is on there, and he's crushing it. He's doing a great job. Um, oh my gosh, Will uh, who was who was the guy from Saturday Night Fever? John Travolta was on there mm-hmm. doing a little dance thing, and like people are Will on there. Smith people are age on there. It's like what we, uh-huh. but what do we do as a business? You know what? Um, so for me, so for me, here's the challenge, right? I can as a business, I can go out there and do like the Neil Patel videos and say, here's how to do this, and here's what, and here's why, and here's whatever. Um, but mm-hmm. he's already kind of done that. And so, so have others. And it's like, if I, if I can't have a campaign theme 
And there's a lot of businesses have, have the same feeling. Like I, if I can't build up a specific theme of things, whether it's how to studies, research, um, humorous skits, um, tips, whatever, right? Well, if I can't figure out what those themes are and create a schedule to, to do something consistent, I don't want to do it at all. So I think 90% of businesses aren't getting into it simply because they haven't been able to lock down what they want their theme uh, or their campaign strategy to be. Do you see that? Yes. The analysis paralysis of social media is real. It is crazy and it is quite unfortunate. I actually um, today was on a call with two separate people talking about their content. And one of the things I did for one of my um, consulting clients is we went through all of the things, all of the FAQs that he gets and all of the um, things that he's doing. But also I said, what is it that you want to be known for? What is it that your business is doing? What are you launching, right? Um, those are questions that you can ask yourself and that's what, how you know what to create your content around. So if you're getting questions around um, you know, specific questions every day or every week, that's what you should do content around. You know, if you are, you know, looking to become a thought leader, then what is it that you want to become a thought leader in? And think about those pillar pieces of, of, of like overarching um, subjects that you talk about and then just kind of break them down. And, you know, social media, I think we have like we're watching the influencers, we're watching people crush it and we're watching some of these people with amazing production and it makes us feel a little out of place and like, yeah. right and like, like we can't do it. But at the end of the day, how dare we not show up for our audience, especially when we have something so amazing for them that can help them move from where they are in their bad place to where they want to be in their, in their, you know, great place or optimal place. So I think just keeping it simple, what are people asking you? What are you launching? Let's talk about the problems people have the goals people have and maybe the fears and then like, and, and then just create pieces of content around that. And I know I'm making it sound way easier than it, than it is. Um, but oh, I, those I have the things. face in front of a camera syndrome where I feel like I don't want to be that guy who's just, who shows up in the stream and he's talking mm. at the camera. Right? I want to do something funny or humorous or, or um, weird or just, just something that I think people would enjoy. Cause I feel like when yeah. I see those, when I see my peers doing it, I'm like, I'm almost cringing, right? I'm almost like, I don't want to watch because I feel like he's just going to talk at me about something he thinks I should do or something. And right. it's kind of a turnoff, right? Yeah. Um, but you know, it's know. just like, yeah. if your audience isn't, you know, you're seeing it because you're in the industry, right? But your audience yeah. isn't in the same industry. So you're seeing all of your friends, all of your peers, all of your colleagues and other people doing these things, but your audience isn't seeing that. So you think it's played out but it really isn't because they haven't seen it before. Okay. Interesting. I'll have to think about it some more for sure. Um, <laughs> next question. <laughs> what are some big mistakes you regularly see from businesses in their Facebook and social media advertising efforts? And I, I definitely got a few ideas here too, but what are some of the big ones that you've seen? Um, there was a huge trend of using images that had nothing to do with the content that was on the ads that always bothered me they just following hashtags well it was like they were doing um like for ads they were doing pattern interrupt right but there are ways to be on brand and do a pattern interrupt and 
And, but okay. like some people were selling courses, but they would have a picture of a cat. And it just did not make any I sense. I remember that. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that funny. was bothersome for me. And people still do it. And I think because it's the very marketer weird. told them people will, will click on it and see it because it's visual. Like, like the uh, the gray sweater girl from the you know the late 2000s, remember? That she got more clicks than, than anybody. Right? <laughs> and so they would use her picture simply because it got clicked on, even though it had nothing to do with the business. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It's very silly, and I think something else that um, is annoying when I see on Facebook ads is everyone's content, everyone's copy. So the text that they write is the same. It's so aggravating, and it's because they they see that it's working for some of these gurus and things like that. But your audience and your messaging matter, right? And so you need to hone your messaging so that you can speak to your audience, not trying to speak to the audience right. of those that you see around you, because you're going to get people who are not ideal for you. And I think uh, that's one of the things, that's one of the big mistakes that I see a lot, because right now I see, I'm see i seeing a lot of ads um, for people launching courses and yes. agencies, and I'm like, this copy is the exact same, oh my goodness. <laughs> So it's repetitive, and, and at some point, I'm sure that users are become blind to it. They're just not going to see it. They're gonna like, yeah, yeah, I've seen this a million times. And in fact, they'll probably get to the place where, like, um, this is annoying. I see it too often. They'll click that, and the option is to why to hide the ad. And eventually, the, the algo will pick up on this ad not being very helpful. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. What are you seeing? Um, I, I've seen, I've seen some weird things. I've seen where where all the content strategy is curated. Right. So instead of us coming up with our own ideas, let's just share other people's stuff all day long. And mm-hmm. the problem with that is that in certain industries, you're already following the source originator. You know, you don't. So there's That's been times true. where I've taken a screenshot of the same thing being shared between multiple people in our industry. It's like, guys, it's cool. Right. But we're all sharing the same thing. Right. Maybe we should start coming up with our own interpretation or our own viewpoint and then reference it in our exactly. page. Exactly. Right? It's getting saturated. Exactly. And yeah, that curiosity is a bad point. thing. I think if there's something really helpful that people want to have their own, you know, feedback on, I think that's great. But when they're just sharing, um, right. you know, without a lot of context behind it, it gets gets pretty repetitive. Yeah. And the memes, I think that's a lot. I'm seeing that a lot in content strategy as well. And I think memes are cool. They are fun. But if, if your job, if, if what you want your content to do is sell for you, because you absolutely can create content that sells without having to use ads, but right. you can't consistently use memes because yes, those are very entertaining, but you need to bring it home and you need to show people what right. you are able to do for them, not just make them laugh. Right. And it's, it's gotta be helpful. That's the one thing I, I, I look at, even if it's just humor, like I, I follow a lot of comedy shows because you know, my, my life is, is very busy, very stressful. So when I have a few minutes to just unplug and start flipping through the timeline, I love to see comedy and I love to see travel. The mm-hmm. comedy makes me laugh. The travel makes me, you know, say, hey, we're going to go to this place at some point. Yeah. Or, hey, we should add this to our place of things we want to go. Um, so, yeah, if, if I don't, if I'm just looking at memes all day, it, it, it's a burnout, right? It's like, okay, this is funny. I got, and then at some point, everyone's already seen all the memes, right? Like yeah. the students, one of the, the pet peeves I get in the classes I teach, I always ask, you know, what are your pet peeves with, with, uh, with teachers? 
when teachers use really old memes that we've seen a million times. Mm. And I'm like, oh, I need to up my game because I got half those memes on my courses. So like I stayed <laughs> up late and I came up with some new ones. I even I even cheese balled it out a little bit and, and got in front of the green screen and replicated some of the memes with my own picture just oh, to be silly fun. and goofy and different. Um, but, uh, you know, but, but that's you're right. I think I think people are online a lot and they're seeing a lot of the same content. And if it's memes, they've probably already seen the meme. And in yeah. some cases, I know what they're trying to do, like with the uh, the Bernie thing or with the, the lady yelling at the cat. Right. Yeah. I think I think they're trying to have a voice in the funny conversations and to get their, um, mm. you know, two cents of uh, or two seconds of fame in there. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm guessing, but yeah, I don't, I don't see that as helping build the business or build the brand. And in many cases, mm -hmm. if they're hashtagging, they're probably also attracting a lot of people who aren't even right for them to be following them, you know? Yeah. That's you know, a just, great just point. throwing that out there. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Well, Hey, can you, can you um, share some of your best practices for us and how, how to go about setting up Facebook uh, campaigns and promoting your business on Facebook organically without having to spend a lot of money? Absolutely. Okay. So for Facebook ad campaigns, practices. my best practices would be number one, and this is for any and everything that I do. I don't, um, okay. regardless of what clients I take on, I always ask, what is your ideal client? So knowing who your client is or your audience is, mm -hmm. that is best practice number one, so that you know exactly what they want and how you can help them and how you can serve them. That way you are able to write the copy, the text that goes in the ad um, in ways that speak directly to them, right? Because I know that with my, um, those who are looking for consulting help, I know that they are not interested in actually doing the marketing, number one, because they do have a team. I know that about them, but I also know that they want to be better. And so I can speak to that yearning right inside of them, knowing that they want to be better with their marketing and send their business to the next level. Um, but they just right. don't know where to start. And not knowing where to start is something that we all have experienced in some way, shape or form. So I can speak to the frustration, the overwhelm of all of that. So I think it's very important to know your audience so that you can speak to them in the text. Um, and then also best practices, I would say, make sure you have a pixel installed on your website. I know this may seem basic to some, but a lot of Don't people- Don't spend any money unless you're tracking ever. It's, it's, it drives me, we should have added that to the mistakes. Like, hey, I spent $20,000. How many conversions did you get? I don't know. <laughs> exactly. Right? Yes, that should have been a mistake I forgot to mention, but you have to have a pixel installed on your site because you, you must track, right? And then, um, also, choosing the correct objective is going to help you. Um, it's going to help you more than you could ever think. Like I said earlier, if you want conversions, but you chose a traffic ad, you're not going to get the conversions that you're looking for, especially um, if you don't have the right funnel or sales process on the back end. And that is my next tip. Best practices, have your sales process just set up wonderfully so that you so that once people click on your ad because let me tell you the goal of the ad is to get people to click it's to get people yeah. to um be interested in what you have it's not there to sell for you what's there to sell for you is your conversion system whether that's your landing page or 
um, a phone call or something like that. And then you can use your follow-up system like emails or SMS or messenger to follow Marketing up with automation. them. But yeah, I would, I would say those are my best practices for Facebook ad campaigns. And then for organic Facebook or just organic social media in general, again, knowing your audience, but planning, plan out your content because it's going to make life a lot easier. And this is, this is one of the things that I love to do. I like video. It's easy for me to talk. So I would say choose whatever source is going to be easiest for you, whether that is podcasting, um, writing like a blog post or, um, or video. But I love video and podcasting video, because yeah. you can take the snippets, you can turn them into audiograms, you can turn them into shorter videos that are teasers that you can send people other places, and you can repurpose this content and reuse it for graphic posts or tweets for Twitter. You know, it, there there's just so many things. So my, what I love about like organic social media is that you can take that information and use it for days and months and repost it and reuse it and also use it in your ads. I love that. I know when I'm, I'm doing Google ads, especially for e-commerce, one of the things that, that mm-hmm. I try to develop is like a structure. So I'll have a brand campaign where someone's searching for my name, um, you know, that, that I appear or my client appears. I'm sure in Facebook, we'd probably want to do something similar. So when, you know, when they are seeing content about us or seeing our name or have an affinity for us that we're appearing there, like, hey, you're interested in us, we're here. Um, second Absolutely. is the um, product names. Um, then product types. These are all different campaigns that I might set up in a Google ads platform, um, then product mm-hmm. benefits, and then maybe do some conquesting, you know, depending on whether I've exhausted those, those other approaches first. So I can imagine in a, a Facebook ad strategy that you've got a, a similar structure, right? It's brand and affinity and, and uh, product type and product interest or um, right. Are there are there structures like that that's, that businesses can refer to so that when they they start setting up ads they're not just like well I guess I'll start with this product right Yes, <laughs> um, I would say that when you are starting your ads and and this is for someone who has gotten conversions already from their store sure. um, and they have their Pixel installed, I think you can start with conversion ads because okay especially if you have pixel your pixel event running facebook knows what a conversion looks like for you and that way you can start with conversion ads if not um you can try it but i would start maybe with a traffic ad to get to see who's interested and then you can retarget them again i think starting with you know i and i what i really love i love engagement ads and i love video views ads because what I like to do is retarget the people who are interested. That way, you don't have to continue to waste your um, waste your money on cold traffic that isn't necessarily working, especially if you have a smaller budget. Um, sure. And I think that's what's really going to be beneficial. And what I love about the engagement ads and the video views ads is that they are cheap. They are cheap, cheap. Yeah. <laughs> so you can get a, so, a view or an engagement for like one cent or less. That's amazing. So when, when we run an ad and we say, hey, let's, let's do this with where there's people who are interested in soccer and we're going after soccer players because we have this really cool, innovative soccer ball we want to sell. And we do these engagement videos. And when we, when we see that people are watching those videos, we move them into a list that is people who engage with the video. Do we mm-hmm. exclude them from 
the original one so that we're not wasting budget on that original campaign now that we're we're focusing on just them and another one? Um, it depends, honestly. So if you wanted to exclude them, I would say um, initially I would just exclude the people maybe who purchased. I don't know if I would, I, okay. I would not exclude them from the original ad just yet because that also depends on your click-through rate. So you're going to want to make sure I love to shoot for a 2% click-through rate, but also it depends on how much money you're making. If you have a 1% click-through rate and you're making the money that you want to make, I think the click-through rate is fine, but you can always figure out ways to improve it. Yeah. However, so um, if you are, pay attention to. Yep. yeah, I exactly. Agree. So, I mean, um, I think well, that, that was... excluding people is, is helpful, but I think initially you don't have to exclude audiences. Gotcha. Now this wasn't on my list, but I wanted to ask about, I have to ask about TikTok. It's such a big deal right now. Are you doing any advertising in TikTok? And do you have any suggestions for folks that are business owners, maybe even B2B um, that want to start dabbling in TikTok, especially for advertising? I am not currently doing TikTok advertising, but I definitely think regardless of if you are B2B or B2C, your B to H, which is business to human. And your, I do believe your audience is I on TikTok. Um, my, my mom is on TikTok. Okay. And I have, you know, my friend's kids are on TikTok. I'm on TikTok. And well, I watch TikTok. Okay. I'm about to get on TikTok, but I have a friend, uh, Kenya Kelly, who is absolutely amazing so when it comes to TikTok. I have not. I, I almost did, but I got overwhelmed so with the video. But she's, I've had a TikTok account for like a year and I still haven't done one. <laughs> she's going to teach me how to do it. I'm excited. I feel like I'm too old. So she, I, I was only on Julie just to make sure my kids were staying out of trouble. But, you know, mm -hmm. I don't know. It's, you're it's not like too once you... old. <laughs> it's so funny. No, so funny. I think TikTok is amazing. Yeah, it'll be cool. So, yeah, I think, I think every platform is worth investing. And one of the things I do like about these social media platforms is that you you really can just put a couple dollars in it and start just playing, just start experimenting, start with, you know, your your bottom of funnel and, you know, work your way to top of funnel, as, as you mentioned, um, you know, wherever mm -hmm. the, the problems are that your customers are having, have content, fun, helpful, useful, you know, linkable content, uh, grow your audience to a place where you feel like you can just target your audience once it's big enough and, you know, not waste yeah. as much on trying to expand the audience beyond, you know, your, your group. You might even be able to make enough sales from just your followers if you can grow your followers right. uh, enough based on really good content. I love that. Um, any and, other you know, suggestions say, before we jump into my lightning round questions? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I tell my clients and I tell people who are looking to grow their following and their income, you know, it's not about having a lot of people. It's about having the right people because the right people will, will bring the rest of the people. Okay. So I don't think it's really important to try to reach or get to that illustrious, you know, 10,000 followers or whatever. So you can get the swipe up feature or get to a hundred thousand followers on between your platforms. I think it's just really important but, but to 10, remember 000, that 10,000 soccer lovers is something completely different, right? People who are passionate yeah, exactly. and engaged in soccer content. Exactly. Not just people who, 10,000 people who like memes, right? So right. <laughs> I think it's really, really important because there are people who are hitting six figures, seven, eight figures who don't have 10,000 followers. And 
that should tell you that it's more about your messaging than it is about the people, the the amount of people. It's about having the right people. And then also my last little point is just that I think when, um, oh my goodness, what was it? I lost it. Uh, oh, because of the pandemic, because of what happened last year, I think people are craving authenticity. They are craving people, right? They they really want someone to to just be there that they can talk to, that they can see. And I think when you are able to incorporate yourself, your company's brand, your um and your company's culture into your social media, people love that. We loved seeing the the dentists and the doctors doing the dances on TikTok. And then again, you don't have to dance. But I think even you, Steve, showing you asking a question to your to your students about what's getting on your nerves and, in, in, you know, in marketing, what's your pet peeve in marketing? Um, to me, that's great content. Because I mean, not only is that, you know, right. in- interesting, but it's great for other marketers to see as well. So I think when you really incorporate yourself and your company's brand into your social media, you can't help but win. That's awesome. I love that. It's, it's so smart, too, because businesses are so focused on sell, sell, sell. Don't just just put yourself out there. Open the open the window to the world so they can see who you are as a brand. And if you're as amazing as you know you are, you're just gonna attract people. You know, it's like walking into a room full of people, uh, being yourself as opposed to hiding out in the corner somewhere and hoping people come over to you. I love that. Exactly. That's such a, a brilliant idea. So I got some lightning round questions. You ready? Let's do it. <laughs> Number one, what is your favorite tool to use for Facebook advertising? Oh my goodness. I was I was or going to say Facebook audience insights. The interface. <laughs> I okay. do it straight through cool. the interface, but I would say audience insights, but they got rid of it. So I would have to say Google after that because <laughs> I use that for my targeting research. Okay. Any <laughs> any organic tools that you use for, for social, like a, a Sprout Social or you know anything like that? Um, depending on the client that I have, I love Sprout Social. Okay. I think Sprout Social is, is absolutely amazing. Too. Yeah. And I love yep. Planoli. I think that's great for Instagram. But typically, What's um, it yeah. Planoli. Planoli. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've actually, mm-hmm. that sounds familiar. Um, next one and I was. I love their Instagram. Wanted, out. <laughs> yeah, I'll check it out. If, if we wanted to become yeah. an expert at, at paid social advertising, uh, what are some places that we can go and, and learn and, um, you know, I know there's LinkedIn learning and some other places, but where would you recommend somebody who wants to learn a little bit more about Facebook advertising? Where should they go? To learn more about Facebook advertising, I would say hire an expert like myself to teach you or um, Molly Pittman and Ezra Firestone. I think they are the goats in um, digital advertising. Okay. Right on. Well, we definitely have to make sure that we post your contact info in this so that people who do want to talk to you can can reach you for sure. Um, so we had oh, who are your favorite influencers in um, digital marketing that we should follow on social media. My favorite influencers on digital marketing, I would say, are I would Kenya Kelly is one because she's TikTok. Okay. Um. And Molly Pittman, (laughs) 
I would say those okay. are those are my favorite. Cool. Molly, Molly's great, and she used to work for digital marketer. Awesome. All right, and last one off topic. What is the current book you're reading, or the last book that you read? The current book I'm reading is Getting to Yes. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. Um, that was my lightning round of questions. And Ashley, this has been a lot of fun. Any uh, any final words? How can how can everybody get a hold of you if they'd love to pick your brain for all sorts of um, digital marketing ideas? Absolutely. You can find me at makeyourmarkconsulting.com. And um, in my Instagram is Ashley Chanel, A-S-H-L-E-I-G-H, A-S-H-L-E-I-G-H, I can spell my name, I promise, C-H-A-N-E-L, one <laughs> word. And um, yeah, those are the places that you can find me. And I am happy to help to, um, if you need any consulting or if you just need to, you know, get some Facebook ads up and, and have some questions about them, I can absolutely help there too. Awesome. Well, Ashley, thank you so much for being on the show. And for those listening, uh, definitely check out all those resources Ashley mentioned. I know um, I was taking notes during the show. You probably saw me look down a few times. I'm like, oh my God, she knows all this stuff so well. Um, <laughs> so for sure, hit up Ashley. And uh, Ashley, thanks you again for being on the show. And we'll, uh, we'll hopefully we'll see you again soon. Yes. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah.